Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to episode 95 of the WP Builds Podcast. This episode is entitled, What do we do when a client asks for something we've never done before? And as usual, David and I will add our usual lack of content so that you've got no idea how to solve these problems, but we'll do that later. This episode was released on Thursday, the 27th of September, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And as I said, I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. There's no interview today, so there's no guest. It's just the pair of us, which is quite nice, actually, for once in a while. Please, if you'd like to spread the word about the WP Builds podcast, the best thing I suppose you could do would be to go to the wpbuilds.com website and click on the buttons underneath, particularly the iTunes button. My understanding is that that, you know, that helps us, especially if people leave us nice reviews, so please do that. Or you can go and share it on Facebook and all the other various platforms that we've all got, but the buttons underneath the podcast players is very, very helpful indeed. We've also got on the website itself, if you look at the navigation at the top, we've got wpbuilds.com forward slash deals where you can avail yourself of loads of deals, 20% off Toolset, 20% off BlogVault and Malcare, 25% off MainWP, various other plugins as well. So go and check those out because they're changing fairly frequently. The other one to say is wpbuilds.com forward slash webinars. Uh, sorry, for yeah, forward slash webinars, it's plural. Um, and we've got a webinar. If you're listening to this the day this podcast came out, then we've got... Two webinars today, one with uh, James Rose from Content Snare and one from Adam Hempenstall from Better Proposals. And if you go to that page on the wpbuilds.com website forward slash webinars, you'll be able to sign up for both of those. And we've got another one in a few weeks with Tom Carlos from um, Beaver Team Pro. So, yeah, lots and lots going on there. That's really, really fun. The other one to say is we've got a competition on at the moment. It's for 10,000 image compressions from WP Compress. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win, you'll be able to enter that competition. And as always, the more that you share it, the greater your chances are of winning. Okay, as you may know, we decided to change up the podcast a little bit and return to a sort of more familiar format where we have one episode with an interview and then one episode with just David and I or possibly a guest having a bit of a discussion. It's not necessarily going to be alternating week by week, but this week it's a discussion just with David and I, no guests on, and we're talking about the subject of what do we do when a client asks for something we've never done before Obviously, this is a problem that we all face. You know, we've all had imposter syndrome. We've all tried to struggle with things that are well beyond us or we simply don't know what to do. And David and I discuss our strategies and what we do in this week's episode. As always, sincere appreciation for you listening. Very, very much appreciated. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks a lot. And today we're discussing what we do when a client asks for something we've never done before. That's a punchy title, isn't it? Yeah, that's really pithy. The answer, of course, <laughs> is one word. It's Ron. <laughs> hmm. No, we bluff it. 
Well, we've yeah. asked this question, haven't we? We've uh, actually, I, I put a little post up, which I rarely do on the WP Builds Facebook group. And there was good conversation on this. So you've got a lot of, yeah, you've got an awful lot of very interesting replies. There's, well, I would say there's about 15 more or less different replies. Everybody's got a slightly different approach, which is fascinating. Should we, should we talk about those later? Do you want to tell us what you do first? Yeah, well, what I realised from actually reading those, I've done a few things. So I think when I started off and I was all keen to do this as a job, I was, I just wanted to get into everything. So if somebody mm-hmm. asked me, uh, it was nearly all stuff I've not done before. So I'd be keen to go off and learn it and say, yeah, I can do this. Uh, fortunately, no one really took me up on that stuff anyway. So uh, I, I got away with it. But now, <laughs> but now um, I'm a bit more cautious because I think I'm happy in what I do at the moment. So if it's out of my comfort zone, I'm more inclined to send someone off. Or if it's the kind of job which comes in, which is an add-on to something I would do, say like booking platform or something that needs to be in for B&B services, I think I might be inclined to say to them, would you buy some discovery time while I go research this for you? Because I might be best to do that for you, but I don't really know. That's what mm. I think I would do. Mm. I um, I have a, there's lots of things, and I'm very similar to you in the respect that over time I've become a little bit more reluctant to take on things that I can't do. But I do remember when I started out doing this, well, actually, when I started out doing this, things were relatively straightforward anyway. It was just HTML and table-based mm. layouts and things. So nobody wanted anything complicated. And then, you know, server-side languages came along and CMSs came along. And all of a sudden, the expectations from clients went up because they knew that they're, you know, these things were kind of possible. There's been quite a few occasions where it's been really obvious that there's no way on earth I could achieve what they're asking for. And of course, if that's the case, I just tell them no I can't do it Um, mostly that can be weeded out for me either on a phone call or in emails although I have got to a meeting once or twice and at that point it's become obvious and I felt really uncomfortable sitting there thinking you know they're talking they're doing their pitch I'm listening and and from about the second minute in I thought all of this is a waste of time I should just stop them now but I don't have the heart to do it so I let them talk and and in a couple of cases just sort of said I'll go away and think about it and then came back and said I can't do it which was a bit sheepish of me <laughs> but there you go it's just <laughs> just how I am but um nowadays I understand what's what's capable what I'm capable of quite well um yeah. and if if I can fully understand what it is that I might be needing to do I'll snap the hand off and say yes if I've got an inclination oh I could try doing it this way then I'll probably say yes as well it really it's been a long time since somebody gave me a proposal where I hadn't the faintest idea what I was doing because I'm it's for me it's more about websites you know it's just Mm. often it's brochure and things like that so Nothing particularly hard, but occasionally you get the odd interesting thing. And and if if I can sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'll take the approach that this will be a bit of a learning curve and I'll give it a go. But as we're about to find out from all of these folk and their comments, there's all sorts of people who've got processes in place and ways of doing paid discovery. And I don't do I don't do any of that stuff. I just kind of work on my gut and think, yeah, 
okay, I'll do it. And then just wrap it up in the proposal um, and think mm. I'll learn on the way. It's just part of the project. I'll add a several hours because I think it'll take me several hours to learn what's, what is required and, and off we go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I guess this can creep up anyway, halfway through a project. I suppose, you know, when we define what we're doing, we often miss bits out, don't we? Like um, how perhaps elements will interact, mm -hmm. you know, which you won't know until you're into the project. And it's at that point when somebody can say <laughs> to you, I've seen this really cool thing that happens yes. with this drop down menu or something. Can I have that? <laughs> the thing that worries me most is is kind of like custom post types and fields and relationships between fields, those kind of things, you know, and mm. putting things that are related to these things on these pages. I was really comfortable with that in Drupal. I could pull that off trivially, but in WordPress, I still find some of that a little bit, um, a little bit interesting sometimes, and I have to be careful about what I'm promising and what I can actually deliver. But things like pods um, and toolset and ACF with Beaver Thema, they increasingly make it just as easy as it ever was with Drupal for me. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I've just been doing a, a project where again where I did put them on Discovery, mm. and I'm building. I'm, I'm, quite excited about it actually and i'm pleased i i did it because it's a kind of a i'm building a membership site oh without a membership plugin or yeah oh, just right. using yeah the beaver tools beaver theme conditionals to hide and show content right. and playing right. around with what wordpress can hide and show and mm -hmm. stuff and it's it's really interesting but um i'm pleased in that case that i charged them some discovery time and what was interesting through doing it and reporting back what i learned they said do you want some more discovery time or Shall we book you to start? And it was that was, it was quite nice of them. Yeah, I thought so. I, yeah. I didn't expect it to go that way, to be honest. So um, I, I yeah. know this is a bit of a tangent that we're not necessarily supposed to go down. But why did you select to do it in that more complicated way, where it's all on you, as opposed to selecting a, a well-established and well-known, tried and tested memberships plugin? Well, that was the thing. There's just so many. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, and, uh, you know, I just could see that with, with what they wanted, it was going to be quite custom. Mm. So I need, I wanted tools that I knew how to use. Yep. So the design layout. So I thought if I – really ignorance again there. I thought this might be an easy way to get out of it rather than go searching through all these routes and then bumping up against – sort of some of the complexities or some of the yep. limitations of these plugins. So, yeah. Well, that was exactly how it was for me in Drupal. Every time that a problem like that would arise, you'd always have to think out the box. Sometimes there might be a module, a.k.a. a plugin, that would satisfy it. But more often than not, you'd end up figuring it out by using things like the views um, module and so on. But, um, but in WordPress... I've kind of got into the habit of going out and finding a plugin, um, and and I do like it when I figure it out myself. I get a real sense of achievement, and it's yeah. rather nice. And I like the fact that that membership site that you're about to build, you will have absolute control over what's done. You'll have absolute mm. knowledge of how it was achieved, and you'll have knowledge about how to extend it beyond yes. what the plugin offers in the future, which is really fabulous. Yeah, that's that's exactly really why I, I wanted I wanted the tools that I knew and that, it just suddenly excited me that mm. I was doing something different yep. with the, the same tools or tools that I just added something new to it. You know, uh, in our case, Beaver Thema just added these conditional displays and it's just come out. You know, at the same time. Only uh, somebody. Job. Sorry, sorry, I thought you'd finish there. Um, 
I was going to say only somebody working with computers um, can kind of understand that really enjoyable feeling that you get when a little problem that you couldn't figure out is suddenly laid bare before you and you work it out. And often there's a horrible road getting there and you bang your head a few times. (laughs) But it is, it's really nice when you figure something out. You smugly sit there thinking, I'm a rock star. I've worked out how to do this ridiculously boring thing. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Shall we have a look what our Facebook friends have been saying about this? Yeah. It's I, I don't know how you how we could link to this. There is a permalink, obviously. What I mean by that is I can't think of a clever way of saying out loud how to find this Facebook thread, but it was posted by David in our in the WP Build Facebook group on the 20th of August 2018. So I don't know if if there's a way of filtering in the Facebook group by date, but um, David wrote, "What do you f- what do you find folk do when a client asks for something you've never done before and don't understand the pros and cons of what's available?" Mm. And yes. what did they say? They said they said, "Well, who are we going to pick out?" And we're going to butcher everybody's names here. I'm yeah. Instantly, I'm looking at Stefan Bergeron. Yeah, well, let's I'm go for say- Bergeron. Yeah. Because <laughs> he says he'll do some testing. Sometimes he'll purchase the product and might be. So he, he does a lot of tinkering around. So I think with a bit of discussion went on. So I think he just gets like I would in the earlier days. I think I would just go, ooh, something, a learning opportunity. He learns it and then covers the cost, doesn't he, as he. Yeah. As, in future projects, yeah. I wonder if that means that he goes. Let's say, for example, in the in the uh, event of being offered a membership site, um, would Stefan Bergeron would he go out and buy a whole multi- multitude of membership plugins and test them all and see which one fits best, and then think, well, I'll stash that one away for the future, even though I never used it. Um, or is it something slightly different? I know for my part, I've found myself doing this quite a few times. I rather than buy them, I'll go and do as much reading as I can around it and read Mm. all of the features and obviously work out what the client needs. And then my technique now is not to swallow that cost. My technique is to go back to the client and say, because I don't make any, I don't hide the fact that I'm using WordPress and I don't hide the fact that if there's a commercial plugin which does exactly what they need, I'm going to recommend it. So I will then return to the client and say, look, I've looked at these five plugins for WordPress. They extend WordPress to do mostly what you need. We'll get 99% of the way there, whatever. You pick the one that you want, but I'm recommending this one. Absolutely, you know, I'll I'll put my hand in the air and say, that's the one you should go for. And what I quite like about that is when when down the road, uh, things they might want to extend things or they might suddenly say, well, why doesn't it do this? Then I've got this... I've got this ability mm. to turn around and say, well, because the plugin that you've bought, uh, it, it has it hasn't been designed to do that. Uh, you know, it's limited in that sense, and uh, you know, we, we it can't do that. And I'm I'm sorry, we're, we're unable to do it. And that's worked in my benefit a few times. Yes, uh, makes sense. I mean, Stefan does also um, same as Bernard. And I've got to butcher his name. He's a former guest, Bernard Renault. Grenoble. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it right. Okay. Yeah, so he's another person who does talk to people in Facebook or Slack, you know, mm. to try and get some info on that. But do you not find this, you know, when you're, it, you're saying that, you go and suggest a uh, plug-in, but are you going by your peers as well from, from these groups? Yeah, I would do – so the, the two things are tied, aren't they? I would do what Bernard 
is suggesting. Mm. That is to say, go and ask the peers. And I would probably ask in this WP Builds Facebook group um, and perhaps one or two others and listen to the replies. And then there are other, you know, direct email channels that I've got to people that I know have been doing this for a long time. And I'll listen to all of them. And if they can say, uh, sometimes a consensus comes out, doesn't it? Oh, you want this one. This one is the best one. We've tried them all. And um, so I do. I listen to my peers. Uh, that would be my first point of call, as well as yeah. Google. And I do I do pay quite a lot of attention to Google. And I look at the age of the website. And I look, and I know you do this as well. I look at mm. the, actually, I think you taught me to do this. I look at the credibility of who's put it out and how long they've been going and if you've got any way of contacting them and what kind of office hours they keep and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that that helps me a lot. But I think the peers thing is priceless. In this day and age with Facebook groups and a whole load of other ways, you know, Slack channels and things, I, I can't see the harm in doing that. That seems like a really sensible idea from, from Bernard there. Yeah. Don't you think it's a bit, I mean, we're talking about membership plugins. I mean, Chris Lemmer did that huge review with yep. like 30 plugins or something you know yep. i mean you know i would want to look and see which he picked out as his top three but of course you know he's got caveats for all of these and um, yeah yeah because they all well they all have the place maybe some are better than others and i just think this was always my issue who pays for that time you know <laughs> yes yes that's yeah i i know what you mean yeah you're right in a in a period of time a couple of years ago when i was looking for membership plugins for a website his stuff did come up and because of the fact he has been putting stuff out for so long and he has been yeah. you know tasked himself with keeping membership sites or you know keeping a track of what they all do i did i found him to be very authoritative and and the things that he thought it such and such did well at and such and such did poorly at that that influenced me quite a lot um, and i did actually purchase a membership plugin based upon what he said um, so yes i would take him to be one of my peers in a way although it's not quite the same thing in that i didn't communicate yeah. with chris lemmer i just read what he wrote um, but of course, you, there's always a little bit mindful about why those things have been written. And sometimes, um, obviously, they're written for affiliate links, possibly. Sometimes mm. they're written just because the person really, really wants to do it. And it's just philanthropic. And um, so I guess you've got to be a little bit mindful of the, the, the purpose of writing it before you um, necessarily jump in and take the conclusions as read. Another thing which I always find with these kind of reviews where they compare membership plugins or hosting is you get to the end and they never say. They never say which <laughs> they think is the best. They always go, oh, you know, typical, but uh, we, we think they're all great. Um, and they're all perfect depending on what you need. And in, in the end, all that you've read is just nothing. Because they haven't actually jumped jumped to one or another. And you know what? There's also another issue when we, we take our peers. I do listen, but I also contribute. I try to stop myself doing this as well, is that when somebody's asking for recommendations, you jump in with your favorite tool. Yes. Not necessarily um, having any idea of whether no. it's going to fit their purposes, but you just want to say, I use this tool. Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. And also you become, when you use these things, you become a bit wedded to them, don't you? And because yeah. you've spent such a long time figuring out the nuances of them and how this one works and what these menu items all mean and what do they do on the front end. You kind of, it's almost like a little, you know, little relationship building there. And so you, you become invested in it and it becomes your favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So when somebody asks you, well, this is, this is the one I use. It's the best without a doubt because I use it, blah, blah, blah. 
you know. Yeah. Um, so yes, I'm probably as yeah. guilty as that of the next person. Who else I, have we got? Well, I thought I think the first person on the thread to pipe up with, you know, it's the whole is Brett. Let me just say his name, Brett Redvers. Yes. Is that right? Yes, Brett okay. Redvers. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this guy. I've talked to him in a lot of places. But he says, isn't that the whole fun of being a web developer? So in terms of talking about who's, you know, paying for this, you know, as soon as he's got an opportunity to learn new stuff, he's on that. And then he's just going to build the cost into all future projects because he's going to, you know, be worth more for his new learning. And I thought, well, yeah, that's how I started, I guess. (laughs) That's a really good point. You know, if you, you basically charge somebody for it once and then that skill set is then in your back pocket and you can use it forevermore and you become more valuable as a person i suppose it's hard to advertise that that quality that you now have it's hard to keep a track with potential new clients of what are the list of things that i can achieve but it can go in your portfolio and they can see the the things that you've done the only thing i would say is about this is that i think it cuts both ways it is the greatest of pleasures as i said when you figure something out and you get that feeling of oh but it is also the most horrible of feelings when you have been banging your head and you you haven't found the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. <laughs> yes um, yeah i i seriously suspect that brett is kind of half my age and a lot sharper than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's actually able to get to the answers you <laughs> yes. and I, mm. I remember coming to to the end of this is about two weeks ago and i was trying to work something out and it took me a couple of days and at the end of both of the days when i finally switched the computer off and actually a habit of mine is to try not it's subliminal really but i don't tend to switch the computer off unless i figured out the problem so when i finally switch the computer off it's like admitting defeat and i get a bit like and go and moan to the people in my family but then you know a couple of days later when you do finally figure it out it's like yes 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 and very often i will then shut the computer down at that point thinking well i've been busting a gut for way longer than i should have been doing on this i'm stopping now because i've now worked it out yeah yeah. go off and sit in the park or something instead i think um more cohen she said something which i think probably does reflect what i do really which is if it's something that i'd like to learn then i'll I'll take the project if not i'll refer it to someone else and jim galliano is not afraid of you know sending stuff that he doesn't want to do or doesn't know to someone else as well so i wonder if that's a mark of being in the game a little bit longer or a bit more um Mm. mature because i certainly did not do that i took I took as much as I could on, like I said, and hoped mm. that I could achieve it. Whereas now, and I know this is true of you, you, you now know what you can achieve a little bit more. And so more likely to refer the stuff on. Um, yeah. 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 Good and, point. You've got, you got to stay happy, haven't you, as well? That's mm. one of the key things. I, You know, people in our business can easily burn out with this stuff. Mm. And uh, so I, I'm protective of that. So sometimes I don't want to learn stuff that I think is going to stress me too much. So, Well, you've set your new business up very much to cut this whole mess yeah. out, haven't you? Um, in that your, your prospective new clients are all going to be um, – they're going to oh excuse my stomach there i don't know if you caught <laughs> caught wind of that oh literally yeah, it was my stomach yeah um uh oh that's really thrown me let me just give me give myself <laughs> give myself a moment to come back together apologies dear audience <laughs> um i've completely lost the thread of what i was going to say there can you pick it up where did we go 
I think you should just discuss your wind more. <laughs> no, I was on. I was really in the middle of something that had a really lovely flow, and it's completely gone. Yes, yeah, so you were talking about actually. My model is about keeping it simple. Yes, and, yes. yes, and it is. It is. So, you know what? The the opposite to that though is our friend Clark Marshall as well, who says you know that he used to avoid stuff that scares him, and now he likes to kind of chuck himself in. Oh, yes. Uh, I have been terrified by some of the things I've taken on before. Properly scared. And in fact, I remember the, the, the most scared I've ever been doing a web development project was taking on a Magento site. This is going back years. Taking on a Magento site it was the first one I'd ever done with Magento and being utterly petrified with every single thing that I did because the capacity to break it was so great for me, being a noob. And the fear was so horrific that I swore I wouldn't do it again. And, of course, (laughs) it didn't last long. I did it again (laughs) because because I, I immediately, like we were saying earlier, I assumed, well, I've got that under my belt now. It'll be a little bit easier. And it did. Of course, it did. It got it got easier. But. That I really, really don't enjoy that feeling of, am I going to break this? Can I pull this off? It's horrible, which is why I like your model so much, your um, DI. Yeah. I'm going to call it DIY. It's not that, is it? Do it with us. Um, do it with us, do yeah. Do it with us model of building websites because you've got a very limited scope. There's not, not much chance for scope creep. Then it's not in the price point to have this uber smashing new feature that nobody's ever seen before with these ultra complicated things yeah um, very they get very, more mm. they get more pragmatic like i do with it yeah they mm. just think oh well if we can finish up in a day then we'll have this simple menu but if i've given them a fixed price then they're going to try and get as much as they can out of it so yep. they get they get more complex but hey you know what there's another dimension in this which didn't come out in this do you think you change according to how much responsibility that website might have so a bigger client that's going to have i don't know thousands hundreds of thousands of people visiting a day is that going to change what you might be afraid of doing or not uh but but, but no it's more the budget i think Uh, um to me it would be you know if they're giving me x then I'm very unlikely to do something out of my comfort zone. But if they're giving me 10x, this is, uh-huh, I'm just making yes. this up, then maybe I would. I'm more likely to be persuaded by somebody who's got a larger wallet to, to try something out. <laughs> but it's always just me, you know, on the whole, it's just me. So all of that stuff stretches out the development time. And sometimes just working out those new bits can eat up so much of the time that you've allocated to the project. Let's say it's three weeks turnaround time or something very often just figuring out those little things can take up the entire three weeks and that's that's usually the way i approach it if there's something brand new in there i'll do that first which is not necessarily the cleverest thing to do because then you end up with nothing to show them for a very large proportion of the time sometimes i think it'd be better if i actually built the main body of the site made it look nice put the menu items in and then crack on with the difficult stuff but I would kind of rather unearth the the horrible problems that lie in store early on. And I've got myself into a bit of bother a few times with that exact problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, Matthew Granite says something which I've noticed as well. I don't know if it's true for you. He says for some reason he gets similar feature requests from uh, you know two or more clients at, uh, around the same time. 
is that something that you get? No, no. I mean, mostly I don't get too many of these feature requests. It's kind of few and far between something extraordinarily weird. Mostly I just get brochure sites these days. So I'm, I'm, I'm heading in the direction of you. Um, so no, there doesn't seem to be a pattern to it, to be, to be honest. Uh, I'll tell you who else wrote something interesting, though, and that was um, Dan Flower. And he wrote, interesting post. I usually tell the client up front that I'm not sure of the best solution and then go away and research possible avenues. That That is something I do. I say I'll go away. So imagine this is not a discovery session. Imagine this is at the point where you have they've paid the deposit or something and you're now sitting in their office and working out exactly how to go about it and they spring this on you. I would probably do all of the stuff that I can do in that meeting and then say, right, I'm going to go away and figure out how to do this. Um, and yeah. then I would allocate a proportion of time and see how it how it goes. And if it turns out to be harder than I imagined, I probably would go back to the client and ask for a bit, I either usually a bit more time because I'm kind of reluctant to go back and argue about the price before I've actually done anything. Um, but if it was horrible at that point and it, i realized that i'd bitten off more than i could chew i i might might go yes. back and talk about the price i wonder if um if anybody listening to this has ever got into a project and then realized they couldn't do it and actually backed out of a project oh yeah have you ever done that um no well i'm not close to it one of the first jobs there i just didn't know how to do the final bit which i didn't know about it, it was kind of thrown in. Oh yes, didn't we mention that the site also needs to do this? Mm. And yeah, it was a it was a week of sleepless nights, and I managed to pull it off. But uh, yeah, that was a point where I was thinking I was going to need to raise my hand and just say, you know, you've employed an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's these things tend to be like little scope creep things. As an example would be, I had the client phone up the other week, and it, the the site was almost built, and then they suddenly said, "Can we make this button?" geolocation aware so that it shows a different message if they're in the United States than it does if they're in Europe and that stuff I'd never done before on a button but it suddenly occurred to me I'll bet there's a way to do it in WordPress and sure enough a quick Google uh, worked out that yes this can be done and now of course with things like Beaver Team you can do that with uh, conditional logic within, within Beaver Builder but I didn't know that at the time. And so I just sort of closed it down and said, no, that's not part of this project. That'll have to wait. Um, sorry. Uh, we'll do that as something extra. And mostly I find that my clients are absolutely fine with that. So sometimes new things thrown at you in the middle of the project, I'll just bat away. Not because I don't want to do it, but because this is the project that we agreed on and you're just adding extra things in. Yeah, that's that's. That seems fair, doesn't it, on something like that? Yeah. You know, Pete, Peter says something, which I guess is, in a way, similar to what Dan's saying and similar to my position. He, he said about needing to be clear uh, with the clients what your skills are and, you know, to be most effective and let your client customers decide and that. And I do think there's an element of transparency in this, which is a hard one to... You know, what do you bother with a client with and how transparent you are on these things? I, I'm inclined these days as I get older and feel more sure of myself to just say, you know, I know this and I don't know this, mm. you know, and, and not and not be fearful of the outcome of that. I think that's I think that's part of growing older, isn't it, is to realise mm. what you're capable of and realise the 
the the the impact it has on your your wider life if you take on things which are stressful you know in my case there's other people in my house that I've got to think about and if I'm literally mm. putting holes in the front of my desk with my fingernails because I'm just bricking it that's no good for anybody so yeah I completely agree what always comes out of these kind of threads though in Facebook is that everybody's process is utterly different <laughs> yes you know if you go to driving lessons or something like that everybody's basically got the same process we're going to teach you how to drive and here we go this is how to do it but with with this n- nobody not one of these people has got the exact same idea and you yes. and i don't have the exact same idea and you know me and just about anybody else wouldn't have the exact same idea my process is my process. It works for me. It doesn't accommodate everything. And I'm kind of hoping that I'll work out early on whether I can do something and take it on or say, no, go to somebody else. Um, yeah. Another thing, of course, which we which we haven't talked about is a lot of the time these days, as time moves on, a lot of these things can be kind of farmed out to, to like SaaS products and things. Yes. You know, as an example, something which might be annoying to achieve in WordPress might be something like a booking booking engine or something. Mm. Um, And you could spend an awful long time going down the rabbit hole of, okay, there's this booking plugging and that one and that one. And then there's three on Code Canyon that you probably don't want to touch and da-da-da. And everybody's got an opinion about it. Where actually the best solution might be, look, Here's three SaaS products. We can embed them into your website. It's $10 a month. That There's the answer to all your prayers, and it's completely bulletproof, and they'll take on the responsibility for it. I know it's not the WordPress way, but sometimes I think that is a is a good answer. Yeah. Well, that's definitely the example of stuff that comes up multiple times. And I've, I've mentioned this, I'm sure, that I've lost people through not having a good answer there. But, again, it's another stretch. Do you Are you the person who's going to look for those SaaS applications and test out and recommend because they our clients are typically will want want you to tell them which one to get (laughs) yeah that is of course the thing and that's the same with me i would expect you know if i go into a diy shop or something i just want them to tell me which thing to pick up and pay for Mm. i don't Mm. want oh you could use this or use it yeah I, i would i would hope that i would do that um, ah. And in the case of a booking platform, I know the one that I've ended up with. And I haven't tried them all, but the one that I have ended up with does everything I want. And I could spend all my money on booking platforms just to... So I use one to book the appointments for this podcast when we have interviewers on. And I've, I've found one that works absolutely perfectly. It's got a small amount of branding, which I could pay to remove. And I would happily recommend that to anybody. Um, equally, there are things inside of WordPress that I would ha- happily recommend. But um, yeah, I'd like to think that I would give them this one. Go for that one. But like I said, I quite like the fact that when I do that, it gives me a certain distance um, because they're paying for it. Let's say they buy a WordPress plugin mm. or they buy a SaaS product. Ultimately, they made the decision, not me. I made a a strong recommendation and said, I think this is what you want to do. Here is the list of the features. And when I give them the list of the features, I will not give them a copy-pasted list of features. I'll give them the URL so Mm -hmm. that it's definitively what the site is offering. It's not kind of what I cobbled together. Then 
later down the road if things go pear-shaped in that the, the it doesn't have the fe- the one killer feature that they need i can easily say without any fear of guilt okay um that's the one you picked let's uh, let's go find another one it doesn't have what you want and then we can begin that whole process again <laughs> yep well, I think we've done this topic, haven't we? I think so. I'm just scanning down towards the bottom of the post. You've actually contributed a great deal here. There are apologies to anybody who contributed to this, whose names we didn't mention, but really, really interesting stuff. We've all got a totally different approach to it. Yeah. Um, and of course, this job would be ultimately boring if we were never given something brand new to do. We, we do probably yes. like to have the odd new thing here and there, but... Too many new things is, is yeah, a little bit horrible. I agree. I think we've probably done this subject. Yeah. And our new format, this is the first time we've recorded, actually, when we've not either gone into the interview or we've had a guest, so we have to creep out of this one. No, you're wrong. We've done one already. Have we done one already? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did it, one. Wasn't that with Paul? Yes, we did one with Paul. We should probably at this point say that we sometimes record these podcasts completely out of order. Um, and so it kind of feels like we haven't. But we have, yeah. The one with Paul was like that. So we have to say sayonara and bid farewell to everybody at the end of this. Normally, we would have had a, a little ending topic. And that does bring up an interesting point. The podcast, as a result of not having uh, an, a beginning bit, an interview, a discussion, and an ending fact, they've they've ended up being quite a lot shorter. And this was very deliberate because it felt like a they were getting too long, so long in fact that they were kind of almost the length of like a feature film. And I was getting the feeling that maybe people weren't getting to the end. But I really would. We'd both really like to know whether whether it's too short, whether there's not enough value in it now. What what do you think? So if you did get to the end of this and you've got any any salient points you'd like to feed back to us, please do. I'm sure we'd be most receptive, whether it's slamming us and berating us for being so idiotic or saying, yeah, that's good, it's better. I can listen to that on my commute now instead of my commute over a period of nine days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that being the case, please go to the WPBuilds.com website, click on all the links, share it on iTunes, We've got all sorts of links over at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. We've got lots of competitions at forward slash win. And we've got loads of deals at forward slash deals as well. And all I'm going to say, and I'm going to keep saying this over the next uh, period of time, we've got uh, quite a nice little little prize thing coming up as well. But I'm not going to allude to that too much. I'll do more of that in emails and in the Facebook group. So, Cheesy Music's coming in. It's bye from me. And it's bye from me. Bye-bye.